you've found the Rock Hesperia and are on your way to building a solid life. We make disciples here. If you, your children, or anyone comes to Jesus, hears his sayings, and does them, your life will become solid. So let's get to it. Ecclesiastes 3, of course, we're in the series, The Plan, and this message is it's time to plant. Ecclesiastes 3, verses 1 and 2 from the New Living Translation say this, For everything there is a season. For, there's a season for everything. Isn't that true? A time for every activity under heaven. And uh, just in case you didn't know, we're under heaven right now. There's a time for everything that we go through. And he takes a, a long time explaining many of these things. A couple of them are these. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to harvest. I'm tempted to get ahead of myself toward harvest. But he's saying right now it's time to plant. It's time to plant. Many people would say, Pastor Jeff, it is not time to plant. And to them I say, no, no, no. It is time to plant right now. It's time to plant. They would say, well, look at the circumstances. Look at the mess that we're in, in our country. Look at the financial implications. There, there's financial woes and troubles affecting people right now. The, the finances of our country are in a mess. There's civil unrest everywhere. There's riots in the streets. We're going crazy in America. There's this pandemic on. Have you heard of it? Anyone heard of it? Oh, okay, good. It's, you got you to gotta shout out to me. I'm going to wait for you because I've missed this. But yeah, there's a pandemic on. People can be infected and not even know it. This is like diabolical. It's horrific. And it's cost us many things. I've said for the longest time, COVID-19 has only made everything harder. I don't know if you're like me, if you uh, appreciate that phrase, but COVID has made everything harder. However, God wants us to plant in this season, even though we might say it doesn't look like the time to plant. I'm not sure if it's a good time to plant right now. Our nation is so divided. We got these race riots and things happening. We have this financial crisis, these uncertain times. Look, not in spite of these things, but because of these very things, we need to take stock, and it's time to plant. God is necessary right now. Someone say amen to that. God is powerful right now. God is able right now. Amen. Amen. See, a lot of people like to follow experts. Oh, what are the experts saying? What are the experts doing? What are, the, what are the influencers doing? What are the cool people doing? I don't care about any of that. You probably noticed. You know what my heart is? What is the Lord saying? Because we'll never go wrong if we follow the Lord's instructions. Amen. We're not going to follow the crowd. I was talking to my daughter last night about lemmings. Anyone know about lemmings? They made a video game about lemmings a long time ago too. They just, they just all follow each other. And if one goes off a cliff, boop, then here's the next one, boop, they're all going off the same cliff. Because, they, why, I'm just, I'm just, I'm following you. We need to keep our eyes, lift your eyes is what it says. Don't just look straight ahead, right? No, lift your eyes. Beyond the hills comes our help. Our help is from the Lord. Amen. We are also not controlled or, or directed, directed or dictated by our emotions. Positive or Negative. 
Yeah, I'd like to go this way or I'd like not to go that way. No, we're not controlled by that. Sure, we have things that we'd like, but the Lord has things that He would like. And He's more concerned in our holiness than our happiness. Amen. I don't know if that's you know, pleasant to journal or not, but we're going to worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. As Psalm 96 says, He wants us to live lives that are pleasing to Him. And just like your own children, when you tell them to do something and they do it, how happy are you? Yeah, children, I'm talking to you. When your parent says do something, Cameron, I'm talking to you. <laughs> they say, do it. Mama says do it, do it. Jane, where are you? Listen to mommy and daddy. Yeah, do it. Do it. And that goes for all of you. I got a lot of kids. If you know me, I have five children. And the Lord is saying, do it. Just do it. We are also not controlled by fear. Who wants to say amen to that? We are not controlled by fear. Now, there's been some fear going around. Who knows that's true? That's true. Fear about catching something, right? Now, there's wisdom and there's caution and then there's fear. Isn't that true? It's like, I don't go around trying to pick up snakes. Is that right? You know why? Because snakes are known to bite people. I don't like snakes. I do not like them. Sam, I am. And so if a snake is around me, I'm, I'm going the other way. I cannot imagine a situation that I would have to pick up a snake. If anything, I'm going to get a shovel. I'm going to attack a snake. Okay? But there is a godly fear. In fact, I had read somewhere that our eyesight is such as it is so that we can see things like snakes and be cautious and be aware and get the heck away from that thing. God is so smart. He's given us wisdom, a general wisdom to avoid dangerous things. It doesn't mean that we're living in fear. It means that we're cautious. It means that we're wise. Amen. Amen. We're not going to be operated by fear. You know, I, I have even wrestled with, and I tell you my stuff all the time. I tell you my shortcomings, my failings. I tell you that stuff all the time. Why? So you know that I am a regular human being. I may have an anointing to preach this to you, but I don't have some special anointing to live it. I have to work that stuff out the same as you. It's like the Bible says this. Now what are we going to do? We've got to find a way to allow ourselves to choose to do the Word. We've got to allow faith to be built and let this thing happen. I think a lot of churches would have opened prematurely based out of fear, fear of losing people that they should be shepherding. Amen. Of course, we have a responsibility to shepherd God's people. That's what the Bible says. But it doesn't mean that we should just willy-nilly open our doors despite health concerns. Amen. So we, part of our situation is doing this to not be rebellious. We're taking care of the people and we're also making sure everyone's safe. As much as possible. I'm saying don't touch each other. You know, <laughs> We're not getting close to each other. There are people serving us who have masks. Yeah, we're not living in fear, but we're living cautiously with wisdom. And that's good. If we listen to the Lord, He will direct our steps. We don't lean on our own understanding. In all our ways, we acknowledge Him and He'll direct us. We're going to follow His lead. Someone say, I'm going to follow God's lead. 
Amen. Now look at Genesis 26. Flip over to Genesis 26, starting in verse 1 to 3, and then we're going to jump over to 12 to 14. Way, way back in the Old Testament. It says, There was a famine in the land, besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. So already we know that there have been some famines already. This is not our first rodeo. Here we are back in a famine. We're back in a mess. We're back in a situation. Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, in Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Someone say, Do not go down to Egypt. There are things that we're tempted to do. Isn't that true? You're tempted to go a certain way or go back a certain way. Let's just put everything back to normal. Let's just get back to normal so we can be normal and feel normal and not crazy. The Lord said, don't do it. Don't go back there. I have something new for you. Just hang on with me. Go to where I'm telling you to go. Everyone else may go there like lemmings. Hope to get food. Not you. I will provide for you, says the Lord. He says, live in the land of which I shall tell you. You don't have to do what everyone else is doing. You do what I tell you. Live there. Dwell in this land. In what land? This land of famine. The Lord says, stay in the land of famine. Lord, that doesn't make any sense. He's like, yeah, I know. Do it. It's like God is unaffected by our protestations. <laughs> do you understand that? He's like, no, no, I know. I know. I'm well aware of all this. He says, dwell there, and I will be with you and bless you. I'm telling you, you can be in no better place where the Lord has declared that he is going to be with you and bless you. Chuck got it. For to you and your descendants, I give all these lands. What? For to you and your descendants, I give all these lands. And I will perform the oath. God said, I'm going to be active on your behalf. I will perform the oath, which I swore to Abraham, your father. Whenever the Lord like invokes the name of Abraham, and then, of course, following this, Isaac, and then following this, his son Jacob, he's talking about covenant. We have a God that promises to keep his word to us. He's made great promises to us. And he is definitely going to keep every single one of them if we allow him to. Amen. So he's doing covenant here. And go to verse 12. It says, Then Isaac sowed in that land. When did Isaac sow in that land? Then when? Now. When the Lord said it. Do this now. Yes. No delay. No disagreement. Just fully invested. Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped. So this is now what's coming in from the fruits of his labors, right? He reaped in the same year. Hear me. He didn't have to wait some crazy long time. In the same year, that's how harvest works. You plant, you water, right? So you cultivate and plant and water, and then you get to see it grow, and then you harvest it. That's a one-year kind of cycle. And then the land starts all over again, and you do it again. In that same year, he reaped how much do you think? A hundredfold, Jerry, that's right. A hundred times. This is not normal. This is supernatural. God is saying, I have supernatural plans for you if you'll go my ways and do what I say. It said, and the Lord blessed him. Wait a second. Is the hundredfold crop not a blessing enough? Not only did he receive a hundredfold in that year, but it also says, and 
the Lord blessed him. Well, my goodness, the Lord gives more, the Lord gives more, the Lord gives more. The man became, began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. It's like bam, bam, bam. Prosper, prosper, prosper. For he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds. Can I just go through this with you? Look at the language used in the Bible here. He had possessions, plural, of flocks, plural. And possessions, plural, of herds, plural. Do you see what I'm seeing? Okay, look. Cassandra can have possession of many herds. Praise the Lord, that's already good. But to have possessions of herds, that means there's multiple groups of all these herds that she has. At least, at least twice, right? At least more than one. Possessions of flocks, possessions of herds. This man's prosperous all over the place. Just as the Lord said. And not only that, but he had a great number of servants. He had a lot of help. Praise the Lord. So the Philistines envied him. The Philistines envied him. When your enemies envy you, you know you got it going on. Isn't that true? Anyone ever wish that your enemies can just see how well you're doing now? <laughs> Don't raise your hand. Terrible. Terrible. But I know, I feel that. I feel that sometimes like, you know what, if they could only see me now. If they could see me now. Da, 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 da. Look, by, by all normal assessments, this was the wrong time for Isaac to plant. Wouldn't you agree? However, the Lord said, look, the experts advised against it as they do with us today. Oh, no, no, no. This is the time to hunker and bunker, right? Just, just hunker down. Wait it out. Ride it out. It's not time to plant anything. It's not time to start anything new. It's not time to extend yourself. Well, if the Lord says it is, then it is. Even if the crowds refuse to do it, we're not following the crowds. Isaac's own fear was sending him back to Egypt. He's like, I'm going to go back there. I remember there was food over there. No, no, no. The Lord said, I have a better plan for you. God said, plant your seeds in this land of famine right now. Right here. Right now. Right here. Right now. That was for somebody. Somebody got that. But this is the point because God said it, it would work. Because God said it, it would work. This is why we waited so long to do something even like this, to go into the park. We were waiting for the word of the Lord, the instruction of God. How are we going to do ministry in this new season? What does this new wineskin look like for us? Because it doesn't even necessarily look like the same for every congregation right now. We have house churches popping up all over the place. Praise God. And we are going to see microsites pop up just like this all over the desert. Hallelujah. We aren't following the crowd. We are pursuing house churches and microsites. Notice I said plural. House churches and microsites. Proverbs 16.25 says, There is a way that seems right to a man. Oh, it seems right. But its end is the way of death. We can, we can follow the trends, follow the data, follow the crowds, and we can still get it wrong if the Lord is not saying that. Its end is the way of death. Second Chronicles 12, 14, in the Good News Bible, Rehoboam did what was evil because he did not try to find the Lord's will. He didn't even try to find it. That's a sad state. 
What does that say about our spiritual condition when we don't even consult the Lord? We're not even interested in what he's saying. Lord, do you have anything to say about this? I don't even care. I'm not even hearing from you. We, that is what we're saying when we don't seek God, when we don't pray. When we don't come to him and say, God, I'm, I'm coming up, I'm pressing up on this financial hardship. Can you help me? Will you help me? I need to buy groceries, Lord. Will you help me? I'm out of sorts. I'm out of touch. I'm, I'm in distress with a family member. Will you help me? Will you put that back together? Teach me what my part is and help them certainly with their part. We, gotta, we have to at least try to find the Lord's will. And if we do that, He will be faithful to speak. I'm reminded of the scripture. If your son asks for bread, are you going to give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, are you going to give him a scorpion? If he asks you for something good that he needs, are you going to give him something that's going to hurt him? No, of course not. How much more, Father God, who only loves us and is only good and never makes a mistake. When you ask him for help, he is going to deliver. He's going to come to your aid. And it might require something of you. So I hate to burst your bubble. God is not a genie. <laughs> what do you need? What do you need? What do you need? No, he, but he is there for you to answer when you're in distress. And the truth is, he's also there when things are going great. And he wants to hear from you then, too. I was talking to somebody this week who may very well hear this message, so I won't use any names, but said, I feel like a hypocrite because I've only come to God when I needed something. And I find myself in that place again where I've, COVID has distracted me and I've not been as engaged with church or with the Bible or you know, with the Lord as I know I should be. But here I am in a, in a mess and, and all of a sudden I'm running right back to God for help. That's a good place to run for help. But it's true that we need to at all times be with Him. Seek the Lord at all times. Pray at all times. Pray without ceasing. All sorts of prayers. I mean, the Bible is so clear on how we're supposed to do this. In Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not. Do not lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. Folks, we don't need to follow the crowds. We do not need to follow the crowds. I don't care what anybody else is doing. I care what the Lord is telling us to do. And we will do that. And we will fight with this generator until it goes because he's told us to do it. Amen. We're not going to follow the experts. We're not going to follow our own emotions or preferences. No. No one does great things for God by following those things. Only by following his voice. How did Abraham lay claim to the promise of this land for Israel? A land that, by the way, the Israelites or the Jewish people occupy again today. Hallelujah. He heard instructions from God and acted on them. That's how. How did Moses deliver God's people from slavery? Because he did deliver God's people from slavery. The exodus. The leaving Egypt. And he's like, don't go back there. Don't go back to the place of bondage. Don't go back to the place where you were enslaved. Don't go back to that substance. Could be that drug. It could be whatever. Don't go back to that toxic fill in the blank. You know what it is. Don't go back there. I have better plans for you. Hearing instructions from God and acting on those, that's the way. How did David defeat the enemies of Israel over and over and over and over? David was a madman. Not just when he was pretending. He, he was crazy. I, 
we're in mixed company, so I can't tell you what he did. There's some serious stuff that David did. Man of war, this guy. Also a man after God's own heart because he inquired of the Lord. Amen. He heard instructions from God and acted on them. We heard about the mulberry trees last week. David in the same situation. It looks like the exact same battle that I just fought and won because I inquired of you. I'll just go do the same thing. No, no, no. Ask the Lord, what should I do this time? And God gave him different instructions and then he won it again that way. And he had to fight less that time. Hallelujah. See, God's ways are better than... Yeah, our ways. Don't just say your ways. Don't be mean to me. Our ways. <laughs> our ways. God's ways are better than our ways. Amen. Put that on me. Come on. Look, we got to find out what God is saying and then do it with all of our might. Oh, I was hoping someone would give me an amen on that. Was I fooling myself? Should I say it again? Should I give you another chance? I said, we need to find out what God is saying and then do it with all of our might. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Ecclesiastes 9.10 says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all of your might. Do it with all of your might. You know, Peter walked on something that we don't normally walk on. Does anyone remember what that is? Someone want to shout out what Peter walked on that most people don't walk on? That's true, water. Yeah, Peter walked on the water. You know what he didn't do? He didn't just like sling a leg out and just dip his toe in the water and be like, I wonder if this will hold me. Because I got news for you. It won't. <laughs> it won't. And you don't have to be very heavy for it not to hold you. You're like, of course it won't hold you. I know, but it won't hold you either. I don't care how fit you are. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm drinking less Mountain Dew. All right. We'll see what happens. Last week I shared with you that God is instructing us through this mission he's giving us to build solid lives. From Luke 6, we all know this around the rock, we're meant to come to Jesus, hear his sayings, and do them. Amen. Thank you, John. Today I want to share our vision, because we have a, both a long-term vision and a short-term vision. Our long-term vision is be fruitful and multiply. You know, every time God establishes a people anywhere, he's talking about be fruitful and multiply. From the very first humans called Adam and Eve to every covenant people since, be fruitful and multiply. You should bear fruit, fruit that will remain. Go make disciples of all nations, all of it. There is no excuse for barrenness. Who knows that in the kingdom of God there is no excuse for barrenness? And I like putting it that way too. It's, it's like, we will not tolerate barrenness around here. See, that's the kind of attitude that we have to come to this with. I will not tolerate barrenness in my life any longer. The Lord has very many things to say on this. Remember when women just like, wanted to have babies and that's it? I just want to have some babies, Lord. Give me, give me a baby. The fruitfulness was what they were concerned with. Some husbands would say, aren't I better to you than ten sons? No! <laughs> I want a baby! I want a baby! This is the Bible I'm telling you right now. There is no excuse for barrenness. God curses barrenness. He said, there will be none barren among you. Have you read the same Bible I've read? There shall be no barrenness among you. We got to declare it. This is not just physical birth and babies. This is spiritual. Birth and spiritual babies bringing people into the kingdom of God. God has commanded fruitfulness, not just suggested it. He's not very casual about this. He said he commands fruitfulness. He's cursed barrenness, removed it from us. 
Now our short-term vision is plant as many house churches and microsites as you can and get ready to multiply. Shall I say it again? Plant as many house churches and microsites as you possibly can and get ready to multiply. Look, God's plan, let me say that again. God's plan is brilliant, absolutely brilliant. It has left nothing out. All the time I'm making plans and I'm like, oh, you know what, that's a good idea. I should have thought of that three weeks ago, you know? And someone by, the, by a multitude of counselors, you know, wisdom is established. I don't think of everything all the time, but God does. And his plans are perfect. Think about it. Let's, let's look back over decades of ministry as we've known it on, say, campuses. And in The Rock, we're a multi-site church. We're all over the place. we got campuses all over the, the United States. Campus ministry has been dwindling, not excelling. Who knows that's true? Most churches close. And the ones that stay open have decreased. The campus model is not what the Lord is saying. Now, I don't want you to panic. I'm going to tell you in the weeks to come about what we're doing with campuses. And it's going to be good. So don't worry about campuses going away. They're not. But what I'm saying is, to put all our eggs in that basket, Dave Ramsey says that's unwise. He says, diversify. The Lord is giving us a diversification plan to reach people with the gospel of Jesus. That good news. Pastor Jerry said it like this the other day to me directly. He said, you know, we look at all our campuses. Campuses everywhere. And most that we're tracking stay about the same size. Not growing. We know that most churches do close, unfortunately. But our churches stay the same size. Meh. That's not what God has commanded. And we've got to wrap our minds around this thing because if we're comfortable in Egypt, we're going to race back to Egypt and just do that thing that was barren, that was not producing anymore. It's all the family you're going to ever have. And some mamas are like, no, I want some babies. And that's what we should be about. God has commanded fruitfulness and multiplication. Many people have said some prayer and not given their lives to the Lord Jesus. So that doesn't really count. Lordship is what the Lord is after. <laughs> the Lord. It's the Lord Jesus. If you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, and if you confess with your mouth that He is my Lord, He's my decision maker, He's the boss, you tell me I do it. I come to Jesus, hear sayings, and do them. That's Lordship, and that's what He's going to get you down the road with. Who, who else is struck by this miserable scripture that says, many will come, Jesus saying, many will come to me at the end of time and say, Lord, 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 didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we make prophetic utterance in your name? We prophesied things in your name. We did all these spiritual things in your name. And he'll say, yeah, but I never knew you. I never knew you. You weren't mine. Look, I'm, t I'm here to tell you the word of God works. No matter who it comes from, it works. The truth is the truth. The truth shall make people free. But if your heart is not in it, if you're not fully invested, you're fooling yourself. Fooling yourself. People need to hear that it takes more than just saying a prayer. It's not a mantra. We're not casting spells or something, you know? No, it's not just say this and everything magically goes 
well. No, you give yourself to the Lord. Don't lean on your own understanding. Acknowledge Him, and He'll make your paths straight and effective, fruitful and multiplying. Amen. I never want any of us to hear, depart from me, I never knew you. It's, if I can say it this way, I'm going to take a risk. It's almost like Jesus saying, go to hell. It's not his heart. He doesn't want to. But he's saying, you've chosen this. Now you, now you are free to go where I never intended for you to go. I always wanted you to be with me in heaven. Why didn't you choose that? I know I'm preaching to the choir here. But someone on, online may just see this service and need to hear this and say, you know what? I did say those words and I never gave my heart. I mean, can I be honest with you? That was me. That was me. I didn't even know any better. Five years old. I said the words. I was going to go to heaven, be with grandma someday. Yay! But as I learned, I found out, no, I'm not really living this Christian life. I'm not really devoted to doing what the Lord says. I kind of want my way. Anyone else with me? I kind of wanted my way. Until somehow the Lord got my attention. And he's like, aha, now you're in. Now you get it. Now you're following me, living as a disciple. Praise, praise God. Let me ask you this question, something that lead pastors uh, wrestled with over a year ago. I think it was over a year ago. If not, it was up nearing a year. What is easier to plant, a whole campus or a house church? Shout it out if you have a guess. A house church. That's true. Remember, I got this generator, so I got to hear you. A house church. It's not easy to plant a campus, I'll tell you that. Lots of things that go on with that. Facilities and finance and safety and blah, 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 blah. All, all kinds of considerations. It's easier to, to invite some friends over, invite some neighbors over and say, you know what? Let's crack open the Bible. Let's see what God has to say because we're in some trying times. You know they're like you. You know they're, they're feeling something. What's easier for people to come to? A central campus church or a house church close to their home? Could very well be that it's easier for people to get to a house church. I know that there are people who would never step foot in a church, in a campus church. Have you heard these things like I have? Oh, the church will burn down if I step foot in there. Yeah, right. You're not some super sinner. You're not, you're not a worse sinner than Jesus is a Savior, but they feel like that. But they might just come to your house and drink some lemonade with you and worship the Lord, you know, and break open the Bible and see what he has to say. Praise God. Let me ask you this. What can multiply faster, a few campuses or hundreds of house churches? <laughs> I know I'm leading you. Do you see that? Obviously, house churches. That's right. Remember, God changed his approach with David and the Philistines that second time. And he got victory both times. First, a direct assault, and then round around the back. Ambush them. And the Lord said, I'm going to even go before you. I'm going to do it. That's what God is doing here with us. When the Lord directed Pastor Jerry to launch OSL, he had no idea the implications. But now, tens of thousands of people have been discipled in many, many, many countries. I think 25 plus countries around the world. People are being discipled in the Bible to Jesus' ways because Pastor Jerry was obedient. And even though there was a well-known, well-respected pastor in Orange County at the time that said, Jerry, I don't think that's going to work. Well, you know what? God disagrees. God said, it is going to work. Do this. And he did it. Thank God. Who of us have taken OSL here? Who knows that Operation Solid Lives is amazing and transformative? All those same people? Amen. Who's graduated level two? Who hasn't taken level three? All right, I want you to sign up today because it starts next Sunday. We want to continue discipling you. And level three, Mark, am I right? Level three is the turnkey. 
This is what unlocks so much. If you think you heard it up till now, just wait. Level three, we're gonna get you. We're gonna empower you. You're gonna feel like Superman, Superwoman. There's a squirrel. Squirrel. All right. Look, our minimalist approach here, you know, we got like this one stand over here, one speaker kind of thing. You know, we're, we're doing it so pared down. Why? So that you can get a vision of how easy it is for you to take this to another park. Maybe another day. Maybe another time. <laughs> You're like, maybe in the evenings when it's cool. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. The Lord isn't only awake or alive at 9 a.m. on a Sunday morning. He's ready all the time. So you can take this model, and that's what we want to see, house churches and microsites everywhere. This desert will be one for Jesus and will be discipled. Amen. Amen. God's saying, I got a new model that's going to work much better in this season than the old model. So our mission is building solid lives, and our long-term vision is be fruitful and multiply. For a church, fruitful speaks of things like salvations and baptisms. Right, Cassandra? You know that's right. I heard somebody the other day saying, I hope we can use those fountains for baptism. I don't think that's going to happen, but they were, they were saying it. And I think it's a cool idea. I don't know if we'll get the, the clearance for it. But we talk about baptism. We talk about making disciples. We talk about team members and attendees. Multiply, however, speaks of things like disciples discipling others. Leaders raising up other leaders. Outreach launched from every house, church, and microsite. House churches planting new house churches. Microsites planting new microsites. Movements of house churches and microsites. It doesn't have to be like it was. Somebody just say that. It doesn't have to be like it was. Say, my life doesn't have to be like it was. It can be infinitely better. All we got to do is listen to what the Lord is saying and do that thing. In Luke 5... It says, so it was, as all the multitude pressed about Jesus to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Good fishermen, keeping their nets clean. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. This is the same Simon that would end up walking on water. All right? Put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep. And let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, uh, here we go, we'll, we'll see. Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. He's like, let me tell you this, Lord, as if you didn't know, we're professionals. We know when to fish with nets. Look, the fish can see the nets right now, Lord. This is ridiculous. You tell me to go let down that. We've, we've done the right thing all night. We tried. And it didn't produce anything. And it's almost like Jesus is oblivious. He's like, okay, let down your nets for a catch. Nevertheless, Peter says, at your word, I will let down the net. See, that, that's what we need to be about. At your word, no matter how I feel about it or what I think about it, what I think I know, my experience has shown, no, we're going to do what your word says. Although you notice that he only let down one net. Jesus said, let down multiple nets. He said, all right, I'll let down one. We'll see what you got. <laughs> Terrible. And when he had done this, verse 6 says, they caught a great number of fish and their net was breaking. How's that? I wonder if Jesus was just strutting a little bit. He wasn't prideful, so I don't think he was, but I would have been. <laughs> see? Anyway, 
So they signaled to the partners in the other boat and come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that both boats began to sink. That's a lot of fish. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. You will catch men. He's like, you know how to fish fish. I'm going to teach you how to fish for men. Fish for people. I'm going to tell you and teach you and equip you. Amen. Barrenness is unacceptable. When Jesus gives us direction, his power goes into operation. My friend invited me to play piano at his church many, many years ago. I said yes. I prayed about it, but I was more interested in the $100 he was going to pay me, to tell you the truth. He's going to pay me $100 a week to play piano at the church. He's like, I can play piano. And so I went there. And I, incidentally, I met my wife there. So praise God. Who, who knows that God's plans are better than our plans? I'll take Pastor Jennifer over $100 any day. She's the best. All right. And so not only that, but then I started understanding what this whole church thing is about. Everyone serving together, coming around, caring for one another, loving one another. And I got hooked. I was drawn in. And in that whole season, not only was I being promoted into different tasks and responsibilities, and, and here I am preaching to you. Like the Lord will start humble beginnings. And he will bring you up and give you influence to tell people about Jesus if you let him, if you do what he says. So my faithfulness in that, hallelujah, got me here, and there's no place I'd rather be. I love having this role serving you. I love it. It makes my life complete. I love it. Because who knows, I was already married. I already had kids. See, this is that peace. This is what the Lord is, is wanting from me, and I'm so thankful to Him for it. Amen. People discipling others, like Gina and Chuck, they want to disciple others. And so what did they do? Discipled others. They started an OSL class in Alaska. You're like, how'd you do that? The internet. <laughs> and so they discipled, they went through a whole level of OSL and are gonna do level two now. But not only that, see that's fruitfulness. But look what happens next. Those disciples have been talking to other people about what God has done in their lives and they're starting level one. That's multiplication. Do you see it? It's beautiful. It is beautiful, this is what the Lord wants. Barrenness is unacceptable. I think I need to move it along because we're a little bit past time, but we started late. So I'm, I'm stealing it on the back end. Thank you. Our short-term vision is plant as many house churches and microsites as possible and then implement the outreach and multiplication plan. Brothers and sisters, it is time to plant. That's the name of this message. It is time to plant. It's time to start something new, not rely on the old, not go back to Egypt, not go back to bondage. It's time to plant. And so help me God, we are going to do it. I feel like Jerry Maguire. Who's with me? Who's I got the fish? Who's with me? I appreciate that. I got a few of you. Some people really have already started seeing the benefits of house churches. They've been in it, gathering family together. It's glorious. And one day, I know that we're all going to get to the place where we're comfortable inviting neighbors again, you know? And that kind of thing. At the beginning of COVID, I have to tell you, I was like, I feel like suspicion was just birthed globally, you know? Because, like, you look at everybody, it's like, you got it? 
you got it, you know, because we don't know. They don't know necessarily, you know. And it's like, even though everyone was just trying to make it and it was new, it was in March, uh, you know, I felt like this thing was, everyone was now looking out. Oh, you got it, you got that COVID. And it was weird, right? It somewhat remains weird, although we're largely over it and people are just like, ah, I'm just going to do whatever I want. But we have house churches that in time will have the ability to gather people indoors, beyond your family, with your comfort. Amen. And so as you're comfortable, the Lord needs to do this. As you're comfortable. Even Pastor Jerry said to me, because you know me, I'm conservative. I'm very conservative. Some of you might even say you're too conservative. But I have been very conservative in this season for your protection, for our witness in the community, and for our obedience to the Lord. So I feel like I played it right, just so I can testify in front of you. However, there will come a time where it may not even look like, well, no one else is doing this, or they're doing it for political reasons or whatever else. It doesn't matter. When the Lord says, open it up, we're going to open it up. That's how we roll around here. And I, I want you to take this message and consider all these things, how God will bless you, just as he blessed Isaac, just as he blesses everybody who does what he says. And consider this. Is it time for you to open up your home and have a house church? Is it time for you? You know what we did last night? We did house church at home, and then we came here to be with all of you. Praise the Lord. And I can only see that growing and becoming even a better experience as we get to the place where we invite our neighbors who we're supposed to love, right? We invite our neighbors and we're going to have house church. We're going to do whatever we're doing here. It's, it doesn't have to be a choice. What's the worst thing? You get the word of God twice? That can't be very bad, right? I'm talking about house churches and microsites. I know in my heart that some of you have been brought here to this ministry under our leadership so that you can plant microsites of the rock and do something just like this, something that has simplicity in it, but that you can get the word of God out to people all around this desert. And so here's what I want you to do. Even if you filled out that service card before today, you hadn't heard the message. And this is what I've been kind of wrestling with. I don't know how to do this because we have like next steps listed there before you click submit. And one of those today is I feel called to start a house church. And I want us to all go back on our devices and do it. Can you go, everyone pick up your phones. Would you do it? Go to the rockasperia.life. I'm watching you. Go to the rockasperia.life and click on press that service card. And put your name in there again if you've already filled it out because I want you to be able to take these next steps. You know, we've been signing up for our ministry house of prayer. Jesus said, my house shall be a house of prayer. We've signed up for that on the Solid Life Center. Now we're signing up because I, I feel called, I feel stirred in my heart to start a house church. Perhaps even a microsite. I want to sign up and be discipled. I've graduated level two. I want to press in deeper. I want to go to level three. I want that unlock in my life. I want the miraculous coming from me with regularity, with frequency. I'm going to sign up for OSL. And there's an option there, and I'll give, you the, I'll give you the opportunity to become a follower of Jesus Christ. If you've never done that before, I'll give you an opportunity right now. We're going to pray on all these things. But I want you to have that so you can do it. 
If you're on the site, then you can be prompted by the Lord, I'm going to push that button. I am going to commit myself. I'm going to invest myself into what you're saying because I know I will have success when I follow you. Amen. Church, let's pray together. For those of you who have never made Jesus the Lord of your life, who's never committed to making him the boss and the owner of you, I offer you the opportunity to say this after me. In fact, if we all say this, it might just give some comfort to those around us who are saying it for the first time. And so let's just, let's just say that together. Father in heaven, I apologize for every mistake. It's all on me. And I thank you for sending your son and putting it all on him so he can rescue me and bring me to heaven one day. And I can be effective on the earth as I bring others with me right to heaven with Jesus. I believe that you raised Jesus from the dead. And I commit to living for you. I call you Lord. And so you are. In Jesus' name. Amen. And for the rest of us, for the rest of us, we need to make a decision right now to seek the Lord. Even if you, even if you don't hear it right now, say, Lord, I'm going to keep pressing in until I have a directive from you. In fact, we're hearing testimonies. People are like, I definitely did not want to start a house church. And then they prayed about it. And the Lord was so clear. It's like, this is what I have for you to do. Do it. And they're so blessed. So wherever you think you are in this whole situation, no, probably the Lord thinks better of you than you think of you. Amen? Amen. I'm so, I love him for that. Thank you, Lord, for thinking better of me than I think about me. So let's say this. Father, we come to you. We look to you. And we ask you what we should be doing. Speak to me in my heart. Birth in me your will. And if I need to start a house church, by your direction, I will. Even if I'm called to launch a microsite, I pray for your help. And I'm willing to say yes. Thank you for teaching me your word. Thank you for this family around me that we can all pursue you together. I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. If you have entered the family of God today, the first time, welcome. You're in. Congratulations. We're excited for you. And whatever steps you're taking on the rockhesperia.life, on the service card, I'm going to hear about it. I'm going to follow up with you. We're going to make sure you have all that you need to obey the Lord. Now, here's what I want for you in addition to all this. I want you to tell somebody about next week. Invite them to come with you. Even if they sit six feet away, invite them to come with you. Tell them, yeah, we're not touching each other, but come with me. Because God is doing something spectacular here in the desert. Amen.
Would anyone be brave enough to just commit to that and say, I will invite some people with me. I'll bring them with me. Anyone want to commit to that? I appreciate you. Some of the, yeah. I heard some people. I saw some hands. I appreciate that. You know what? That's what it's going to take for us not to just stay the same size forever like every campus, right? That's a part of what it takes. Invite them with you. Invite them to your house church. Start a house church. Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Love each other, but don't touch each other. (laughs) All right. We'll see you next week at 9 a.m. God bless you.